0: Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for tapping on The Zach Sang Show and letting us into your ears today. We're about to catch up with Jake Miller. He is doing things on tour, making new music. We have a lot to cover, plus NFTs, how they're changing his life. He's also in love, a lot to discuss. So please subscribe to our podcast, share it with those you care about, and enjoy. Here's Jake Miller. Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach, that is Dan, and we welcome back to the studio for the first time in this studio, but for uh, I don't know, you've been on the show a bunch. Yeah, we welcome back Jake Miller.
1: Hey, thank you. Love that clap.
0: Do you remember the first time you ever came on the show back in New York City?
1: Yeah, of course. That was um, the morning of the Starland Ballroom show, or maybe like Best afternoon.
0: Buy Theater show.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe the next day was the Jersey show at Star yes. Starland Ballroom. But yeah, I remember like telling you how the floor was like going crazy for Collide. Yeah, yeah I remember
0: that day because it was a very well, it was one, it was a weekend. and We did that interview on a on a Saturday. But also you had very different energy around you. Like I did. couldn't be further opposite <laughs> from the Jake Miller that shows up today.
1: Wait, why? I need to know. I
0: mean, you literally showed up with 27 people in your posse.
1: No. Yes. No. You had it was s- probably my band cuz we were all No, on four. You,
0: you had a security guard. Oh uh, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had, you were
0: wearing sunglasses <laughs> inside, and I was like, "Can you see me?"
1: Yeah. Well, I was like 20 20- 23 maybe? Oh yeah,
0: we you were a bit, we were the same age. Yeah, this is 2013.
1: 20. So 2013, we were tw- Oh my god, so you yeah, we were younger than then. that. You're
0: 22, 21.
1: I'm 30 this year. Mazel tov. <laughs> getting up there. I am. I'm getting up there. Different world. I feel 30. <laughs> Do you actually physically feel 30? I'm feeling older for sure. Yeah. I'm well, seeing differences in my body, my skin. My, I'm tired like a lot more like Yeah, I go to sleep pretty early now. You really so it's sleep? That's where you're seeing your age? I I feel like back like a few years ago, like I would be able to stay up till like two or three, no problem. Now it's like midnight. I'm done. Pass that on the couch. Mm. My lower back, like is starting to have some issues. <laughs> um, but no, a lot of, a lot of, uh, good things too coming with, you know, growing up, obviously I feel really good about turning 30. Like a lot of the people that I have talked to about turning 30 who are already 30 are like, yeah, it's, it's great. Like, don't be scared to to hit 30 but i'm really excited
0: mm, let me know i'm frightening Are you i'm frightened again? i'm 29 but as of may okay so i still have a year left yeah it's fine it's just a number
1: yeah uh, uh,
0: that's the rumor back to the first time I, I met you yeah because it sticks with me a lot of things have come and gone but the one thing has stayed the same is
1: scooty back there scooter yeah your boy that's my ride or die we'll never we'll never leave each other it, it, that's, my, that's my best friend right there
0: there is something different and special i mean literally i've watched everybody from your life yeah the first day i m- met you all those years ago in 2013 disappeared. well i mean it's
1: funny because scott is like the one who's you know always with me so people see him tour manager manager friend whatever you want to call him but you know kevin yeah yeah, there, yeah he's, he's been around just, that just long. came from his house literally from your interview um, Joey, who was my DJ, I was just playing one-on-one basketball Joey, with him yesterday, but
0: he's not a part of the crew anymore,
1: not part of the crew anymore, still family, know? but I mean still, yeah, I mean, we're all going to dinner together tonight. So even all the way on the other side of the country, cause we weren't living in LA at that point, we've all pretty much moved to LA now, 10 years later. And we're all still just as close as we ever were. So it's, it's a beautiful thing.
0: How do you meet somebody like Scooter?
1: Scooter, um, reached out <laughs> to maybe my dad in like 20 or 2013 before I ever went on my first tour I barely had any fans you know him he's early on everything so somehow he found me on Facebook or YouTube and said um you know whenever it's time for you guys to go on your first tour can I come and sell merch so he started off as my merch guy <laughs> then kind of graduated to tour manager because he knows everything about everything about you know how to get free check bags at United and how to get <laughs> this and that um And now he's just part of the management team he's just my best friend he's just you know he's he's there for for everything for anything i need
0: you've learned the most since 2013 i mean you've gone through a couple different labels but what you learn at the end of that is you yeah you're the most important thing
1: yeah for sure i mean it seems like it seems like i say it in this new song but it seems like i've lived like a million lives like not i didn't even mean to say that but you know, which is another a million lives yeah i song that I've, that I've made but it seems like i've lived so many lives like especially since i started making music like so many ups and downs i've been through so many different labels so many managers so many agents and you know i'm still here which is pretty cool and i'm still i i hope to think that i'm growing as an artist every day i'm getting better and better and you know i still have my fans rocking with me and we're still able to go on tour 10 years later and you know playing awesome shows and still with the same crew so it's it's really awesome
0: what are those gross indicators to you like what like do you look at data like how do you tell if you're growing or getting better every day i definitely look at
1: like the analytics i don't let it you know get to me or i don't obsess over it the way that i used to you know back in the day there's just too much to look at now too many platforms like when i first came on your show there was no TikTok. there was hardly an instagram
0: yeah there was (laughs) there's only one place to to, like stream music at the time
1: it was youtube yeah youtube iTunes. itunes But yeah, I mean, I check those, I check those stats a lot because they, it is my job to know, you know, if I'm going in the right direction, if I'm not, how to change it. But I think as you just get older, you just realize the most important thing is to just do what you love, which to me is making music. Do it with the people that you love, which I do. I only set up sessions with people that I love, um, and that I have great chemistry in the room with, and you know, I, I just have good sessions with the people that that I am actually friends with, and that's really all I can do. I mean. I know how this industry is now like i know how hard it is and um i know how many stars have to align on top of being talented on top of you know doing this and that like you need to have so many things that like the normal person outside of the music industry would never really even think about these things and it's really hard um, especially when you're not on a major record label which i haven't been for a long time um but yeah i'm just trying to make the best music as possible but since then have you seen like your art's only gotten better no thank you i hope so i think so <laughs> i mean it's hard to tell because i always try to make different stuff so like the stuff that i'm about to release in this you know upcoming year is a lot different than you know the heartbreak stuff that i was doing so it's kind of hard to compare the two but yeah i mean the production i think is getting better the songwriting is getting better sorry i'm not even looking at you i'm just no, it's like, fine i'm Zach. just enjoying it I just wanted to let you know I, I see you over there i see you too Are you playing with a tennis ball yeah i am i love tennis balls dude. yeah that was like there was one show sorry to sidetrack <laughs> There was one show I did in like 2012, or 2013, and it was me opening for Asher Roth. <laughs> and at the time, I'm like, this guy seems so cool and low-key. And he validated it because we shared a dressing room, and the only
2: thing on his rider was a, 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 <laughs> a pan, case of a tennis, tennis balls ball, so he could just throw them off the wall. <laughs> That's kind <laughs> of what I did. Just walk around here, I just bounce the tennis ball. Yeah. yeah. It's like relieving. Yeah,
1: it was really cool. Anyways. Your first
0: show uh, was opening for Snoop Dogg, yeah?
2: That was my first show.
1: I was still in high school. I was a senior in high school. How do you get that gig? I was like, just starting to make music. I think I kind of knew like a local show promoter and he just gave me my first, you know, my first shot. Um, And at first I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this. Like the whole crowd's gonna hate me. I've never performed before, I'm gonna suck. But I brought like nine of my best friends on stage with me and brought half the school out. And it was like the night that changed my life in terms of realizing like being on stage is what I have to do forever. Like that's my favorite thing being on stage
0: were you rapping at that moment oh
1: yeah i mean hardly i sucked at it but <laughs> never sang a note in my life at that point didn't even really write my own music like i had this manager that found me and and he was like oh, we i have this guy who's gonna help you write your lyrics and so we put out like three or four songs one called Dreamin', one called um like sit back and relax i think i wrote that one but a lot of those really really early ones I didn't really have much of a hand in creatively. I didn't really know what to expect. I had no clue about the music industry, and my my first manager said, "We're gonna have to get you to perform. You're gonna have to play shows." And I'm like, "One thing that I gotta tell you straight up before we like get into this, I will make music. I want to be famous, but I'll never ever play a show. Like that's just not who I am." <laughs> and then the Snoop Dogg opportunity came about, and I couldn't say no. So I'm
0: so confused. How does one plan on getting famous? And- I didn't have
1: any clue about the industry (laughs) i just wanted to make like music and throw it on youtube and um at that point i didn't even really think about performing like it wasn't even a thought in my head i was such a shy kid and growing up and in high school um but then i got that opportunity i'm not going to say no to opening for one of the biggest icons in music so i did it um and it was like it was life-changing it flipped the switch for me
0: wild yeah fast forward to today which you, you you say the music's gonna be different than silver linings part two
1: right which is more
0: yeah. how would you describe
1: it well i wouldn't say this music is too much different than silver lining 2 which i you know just put out last year um i'm not trying to be this artist that has to come out with something drastically different every time i release something but silver lining 2 was definitely like my proudest project and i think this is just kind of like an extension of that it's just really great rich production um obviously john bellion inspired because he's like my favorite I think you can hear a lot of him in the in the new song that I just dropped, "A Tattoos." Um, but yeah, I mean, I just the content, I guess, is different than what I was writing about last time I was here. I guess it's just fun stuff that you know is you know the way that I'm feeling in my life right now, which is just I just feel really relaxed and great about my personal life. You know, music and my career is like one thing. Like that's I'm gonna try to make the best music as possible and let the cards fall where they may. Um, but, like, my personal life, I, I couldn't be happier about. <clears throat> I have great friends, great girlfriend, great family. I live in California, like, going on a lot of, like, cool road trips and hikes. And I'm spending a lot of time outside. And it's just, yeah. And I think that kind of all spills into my music that I'm making these days. You're good looking. You're rich. Stop. You, yeah. Stop. I have a hot girlfriend. I mean, I life's great. <laughs> I mean, through the lens I see. Thank you. I mean. A little that jealous. exactly what you see online, obviously, but. But yeah, I mean, I can't complain about my personal life. I, well, I really am happy.
0: Accurate enough to write songs about it and true. to have to draw inspiration from it.
1: Very true. You're a cat dad. I'm a double cat dad now. Double cat dad. Yeah. I, I love my cats. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, like, they are two of my favorite things that I've ever had, ever. Like, more than friends, sometimes. <laughs> um, my girlfriend had this cat named Loka when we first met. I'm like... You know, I'm super allergic when I'm, when I come over your house, like, please like put her away. I kind of started to get closer with her. She didn't really like me at first. And then I said, let's move to California together, but don't bring the cat. (laughs) She's like, I'm obviously bringing the cat. It's like my baby. So (laughs) she brings the cat to California. I slowly get less and less allergic because she's sleeping pretty much on my head every night. Had some rough nights though, before I got, you know, not allergic. And then, um, I just fell so in love with her that we just got another one. Tiny little, and they both look like, uh. What is it? Like uh, Puss in Boots from Shrek. Like the tiny little, <laughs> like who couldn't love these cats? But I'm not like a fan of all cats, just these two.
0: I wanna go back to the silver lining part two. Uh, <laughs> you don't wanna I keep talk talking about the about cats. cats? No. Let's I, talk about the cat. I honestly hate cats. Um, That's what
1: you say until you have a people cat. do. Yeah, I, I always hated cats too. But I'm like, silver lining, silver I'm like, I'm like so
0: okay <laughs> with never owning a cat. I'm yeah. so sorry. I love yeah. my dogs. I have two of them, they have their own problems. You, cats. <laughs> you say it's your most proudest work. Why, what, 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 why are you attached to it? Why does it fill you with pride? Um. And also like, how do you define that?
1: I think, I mean, just on top of like the artistry itself, being in all these sessions and working with amazingly talented people and just seeing the growth in like the actual music. I think I spent the longest on this album. I think it was like 17 songs. And I started like half of it over the pandemic, half of it kind of spilled into the pandemic. And a lot of these songs, just like i kind of relate really good times and memories to like five or six of the songs in this album like save me i was on the beach in florida during the pandemic making a homemade iphone music video with my girlfriend like that's what i think of when i think of save me um click we just made a really cool music video it kind of had its moment on tiktok and i think it was helping a lot of people at the time because it's you know a song about i'm not really where I, where i want to be yet but one day it'll click um Jump in, we, you know, I shot a really cool music video in Malibu and um, spent a lot of time doing that. And I don't don't know, I felt like over the pandemic, I put out one song like every two months. So each song had like its moment and each song felt like, you know, it wasn't just kind of like, oh, great song. What's next? Like it really had like its moment to live. And I had time to promote it because I wasn't doing anything besides sitting at home because it was in the middle of a pandemic. So I don't know, I just look back on the track list on Silverlining Lining 2 and think like there's a lot of songs that just make me think of great times and great memories and uh, I think I think hopefully the fans feel the same way.
0: Do these songs make you proud after they're released
1: or before they're released? I'm obviously proud of them like when I make them, but there's like the pit in my stomach of like, will it be, will, it, will people like it? Will it flop? Will Will it come out and people will be like, oh, this is great. And then two days later, it's just another song and people are saying what's what's, what's next? but it wasn't like that with these songs and and i think a lot of them just connected i mean ross and rachel when i think of ross and rachel my second or third song in this album i think about going on tour and having three different couples come on stage after playing ross and rachel and and proposing and and us watching that at the show and they specifically wanted to do it during or after ross and rachel and it's like that's such a moment like that's just a song I made with some friends and all of a sudden people are connecting with it so much that they want to make it like the song that they, you know, get down on one knee to in front of a crowd of people at my show. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think that album was really special. Maybe it was the time, like because of, you know, where I was mentally and just the world kind of felt like it stopped for a few years, obviously, as we know. And, I, I don't know, maybe that's why.
0: Your tours have always been like a safe space, judgment-free space. You've always interacted with people in the crowd. You used to bring a couch on tour with you?
1: I did. That was my mom's idea. <laughs> I had a song called My Couch. This was back in the day of the- Long first, time ago. First interview, yeah, like 2014, or 15. Great times. The OG fans know about the couch.
0: You bring no seating with you today?
1: On stage? <laughs> no, no, furniture. <laughs> <laughs> no furniture in the bus? No we bring some cool lights. Um, but yeah, no no cash anymore. You mentioned songs that
0: have impact, right? Ross and Rachel is a song that obviously people want to propose their love to another person to. A Million Lives is another song with really great impact. Is that still a part of the set list as you plan on going on tour? It's not. again.
1: It's not. Um, really? It hasn't been for a while. Why? I mean it's really hard to have that balance of like wanting to like knowing that there's so many people in the crowd who have been there since day one and who want to hear those songs that you made at the beginning of your career. But then there's the side of you that's like, you know, hopefully I've done my job and I've made a lot of new fans and a lot of people in this crowd, you know, probably don't know of those old songs. Plus on top of all that, I want to play my new stuff because I'm the most proud of it. I don't want to just keep playing something I've played for 10 years. I kind of want to, you know, retire it and not, Overkill it and just let it be that special thing that I did years ago
0: There's a balance though with that like if I show up to see an Elton John show and he doesn't play Rocky Man I'm, I'm, I'm gonna
1: revolt that's a smash though This is a song that everybody knows if you discovered Elton John yesterday or you know 40 years ago, you, you know that song a million lives is like something I made as a as a kid I was a different person. I was rapping like do you not like it, the song? No, I like it. It did so much for a lot of people and it helped a lot of people and it helped my career. It helped take me to, I guess, like the next level. But, um, but I mean, musically, when I just listen to it, just listening to the music. No, I, I like my new stuff way better. I like the message in it, obviously, but. It doesn't even compare to my old stuff. My, my mm-hmm. I'm really, really proud of my new stuff. And it's...
0: No, sonically totally different. Yeah. Totally Did save different. a lot of lives,
1: though. Uh, hopefully. I, mean, I thought so. I mean, you told a lot of stories attached to it. True. On stage to that song. I've heard a lot of great, powerful stories from fans about how that song and other songs like I'm Alright or Ghost, songs I made way back in the day, have, have really helped a lot of people. And I think to this day, that's like my greatest achievement, um, just as a musician, like seeing firsthand how many people like my my songs and my lyrics have have truly touched like I've, i see people at every show multiple people with my lyrics handwritten on their tattooed on their bodies which is like just insane um so yeah i think that's my greatest achievement so far as an artist
0: i hope i die first all capital letters intense title yeah intense last story song,
1: last song off of uh silver lining too
0: is that essentially like uh, from my my understanding it sounds like you're talking to somebody you love
1: yeah, no, yeah, of course. We actually made that song a week before everything shut down. I remember like being in the studio, and all of our—it fr- was like six or seven people in the studio, all my best friends. And they're like, "Yeah, all these sans- all these uh, sessions are getting canceled. Everyone's going home. Like, I think this this COVID thing might be a real thing." And I remember thinking, like, "It'll blow over next week, and next week the world shut down." Cheers. So later. that was like, yeah. So that was like the last song that I made before everything changed. But yeah, that song is just about how. You know, whether it's a, in a relationship or your family or your friends, like I, the world is just getting so much crazier and colder these days. And it's like if I didn't have you with me by my side, like I'd, I don't know how I would survive it. Um, so it, it did kind of come at a perfect time, honestly. But yeah, I really like that song.
0: And eight Tattoos is going to spark a whole new era for you, correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, as I said, it's not some crazy drastic change. People aren't going to listen to it and be like, who is this? But I, I love it. I think it's really cool. It's about kind of just like the growth and change that I've seen in my life over the past decade. Um, We were writing it and it's, we were like, is this about a relationship, an ex relationship, or is it about you talking to the kids you went to school with, saying that how much you changed and you you wouldn't recognize me anymore? And we're like, "Eh, it could be both. So that's why it kind of, um, we got really excited about the fact that it was like kind of more universal, not just about like a relationship or something.
0: Why was it the right song to introduce? a new chapter
1: um that's a good question we had a few that i were that were contenders but i'm with empire records now um
0: congratulations
1: i'm really excited about it and so i have a lot more people um around me who i respect their opinion and i pretty much said hey guys these are like the three or four songs that i've made recently that i love that i wouldn't mind you know coming you know as is this new era like being the first single and which one do you guys like? And everybody was like, let's do a tattoos. That one's really cool and fresh and summery. And I'm like, let's do it. Are there eight tattoos? Like, is it about something like wait, real? It's funniest thing. The other day I'm at home and me and my girlfriend are just like talking about eight tattoos. And I realized I have nine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always forget about this one that I just got on the back of my arm. So I'm like, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight.
0: What is the one on the back of your arm mean?
1: We just got it on tour. It was the High I Missed You tour, and everybody on the tour got it. It's kind of like the logo. That's cool. I don't know if you can see it, but we all went on, like, our last day off and got <laughs> tattoos together, all of us, like 10 of us. And I always forget it's there. You I had to count,
2: like, 10 times, and we're like,
1: oh, no, got to change the song.
2: Didn't you a couple of years ago say you weren't going to get any more tattoos and you're only going to get one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't work out too well, did it? Nope. I do think I'm done
1: now. No, um, no I way. Do. No I way. Do because I'm getting to the point where... I don't want to have a bunch of tiny ones. Yeah. It's either stop now or get a sleeve and I can't get a sleeve. I just can't. I want to. Why can't you? Commitment. I just can't. Why? I mean, you literally go, I want to, but I can't. I don't know. I just don't want to be that guy. I think my family would <laughs> disown me. My Who's grandma that would definitely disown me.
0: Who's that guy who has a sleeve? What's define him?
1: Honestly, when I look at a guy with a sleeve, I'm like, that guy looks really, really cool. Yeah, me too. But there's some people like my parents or my grandma or... People just, Hooligan. Little, yeah, who they look at tattoos and they're like, that looks terrible. So like, I already have a lot in my parents and my family's, you know, perspective. And if I got a whole sleeve, they just wouldn't understand. I think it look good. I think it
2: would too. But aren't a lot of your <laughs> tattoos music related to your career?
1: They are. Um, I mean, yeah. Or like the places that mean something to me. But. So
2: you're still young. You still have this whole career ahead of you. Don't you think you're going to go out on tour and make something else? And you're like, eh, I guess I'll add another tattoo to this one. Probably. Yeah, there's no way you're done. <laughs>
1: Probably we got uh me and my girlfriend got matching smiley face tattoos in Hawaii. Oh,
2: that's cute. Mm-hmm. So why do you keep them only to your arms?
1: I was actually going to get this one on my thigh. Scott got it on his thigh. Take your pants off, let's say Take them off. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: he's actually taking oh, he took his pants off. <laughs> 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 he's been waiting
1: for somebody to ask to see it. Um my my thighs are too pale. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I just figured you know i wear a lot of short sleeves and mm-hmm. t-shirts and they kind of all show and i really do think i'm going to put this on the record i think i'm done do
0: you, i feel like you put <laughs> that on the record before so yeah you yeah, did but put it on the record meaningless.
1: before it does mean something more now
0: you know speaking of commitment you committed to some golden ticket winners <laughs> yeah is that in existence like people who did so back in the day yeah you yeah. literally you put golden tickets in albums correct? yeah it was like willy
1: wonka yeah and there <laughs> was 5 of them and i'm willy wonka <laughs> yeah there was five I believe um, and they would win three of them were found oh wow yeah three of them were found they were like this was back when like FYE was
2: a thing Of course, I don't think it is anymore that means the other two are still sitting on the shelf yeah exactly (laughs)
1: that's why all the golden tickets were never found because FYE boxed all their stuff up and went out of business Um, yeah Best Buy was selling CDs Target honestly that's probably why they were never found I mean there weren't that many CDs we didn't print that many but a lot of these places stopped selling physical CDs
0: literally right around that time
1: yeah I know That's wild. Crazy.
0: So it's at FYE, and the prize was a lifetime access to your concerts, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do people call you up and go, yo, I want my ticket?
2: Nope.
1: (laughs) 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 The two people that found them, I have no idea where they are, who they are, if they're still fans, if they threw it out, ripped it up. But they are legally
0: contracted. I mean, they, they have access if they want it.
1: Technically, if they showed up with a golden ticket at one of my shows, I'd be like... Holy shit. How do you have that? Um, but yeah, I'm, I haven't seen one in like eight years.
2: Didn't you uh, try to bring back the golden tickets with NFTs? Yep. How'd that go? Bad. <laughs> <gasps> ah! Maybe just give up on the old golden ticket thing. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Um,
1: yeah, I recently got into NFTs about a year ago, but it seems like 10 years ago. Because um, I've just been like trying to research as much as possible about them. But yeah, I, I decided let's try to put out our own NFT. It's pretty much like five golden tickets and whoever bids the highest on these, you know, has access, access to the shows life. forever. Um, <laughs> so, so it's
0: these people and then the other two got them from FIE. <laughs> got it. Okay,
1: got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think like three people bid on them and that was it. But I'm just going to remain like an NFT collector rather than an NFT creator from, for right now. Yeah. Do you own them? Yeah, I own a lot. Wow, I really like NFTs. I mean, I, I look at them... These days, just as much as I look at my music analytics.
0: Oh, yeah. so
1: what do you own? What do you got?
0: You know, some moon
1: birds, some monkeys. You got a board ape, right? I had a a mutant ape. A mutant ape. I sold it before it all went downhill. Everything is crashed right now, but yeah. Wow. I'll get on the phone with my dad and talk about NFTs, and my mom's like on speaker. She's like, do we have to talk about this (laughs) again? But they actually both know a lot about it because it's something that I've researched a lot. I've actually kind of... I've like tapped into an untapped market. I figured, how do I use my followers and my music to make money in the NFT world? And so what I'll do is I'll reach out to these creators of these NFT projects who just made stupid amounts of money <laughs> selling all these NFTs. And I'll say, um, can I make you a, a theme song? <laughs> I've done like 20. <laughs> and I get paid every time in cryptocurrency. I don't think anybody really is doing that. And it's like, it takes me 30 minutes. I'll, I'll write a fun little song, however, whatever they want me to. And what are they about. giving
0: you? Ethereum?
1: Ethereum. Well,
0: how much Ethereum do you get for a crypto kingpin? Whatever I ask
1: for. No, I, I normally ask for like two or three Ethereum, which right now it's not worth much. But, you know, a few months ago, it was, one Ethereum was like $4,000 something Whoa yeah <laughs> so when i ask for ethereum instead of like us dollars yeah. it makes it easier for them to be like okay because you know Ethereum might go down it might go up whatever it doesn't yeah. really matter to them but, but yeah it's kind of like my side hustle right now and Look i'm really is. liking it sick. and on top of that all these nfts have like you know discords with all of these people oh, in it who are talk to them yeah and so i'll jump in and kind of make new fans and sick and they'll all hear the theme song and they will all go check out my music so it's it's a really cool kind of side hustle to not only Make new fans, but make some money. So is your audience going to go from, like, young girls to ki- crypto bros? Maybe. That'd I've mean, I definitely, I definitely gained a pretty pretty solid, I mean, it's small compared to my fan base, but a pretty solid, like, crypto, you know, group that knows about me that had no clue who I was before. That's pretty sure. cool. How, yeah.
0: many, how many NFTs do you own?
1: I sold a lot, but now I have, like, maybe eight. Enough to, like, have,
0: have them on display at your house.
1: I have one display at my house. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Randy makes fun of me all the time in my studio.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now I, I know I did just say your audience is all young girls, but I probably shouldn't have said that. But like who do you think your audience is today? Yeah, and these days it's definitely not young girls. Um it's maybe sixty
1: girl, 60% girls, sixty percent girls, forty percent guys, sixty girls. There's like only 60 girls. sixty girls in the world right now. <laughs> like my music. Um I would say it's like 60, 40 and uh, you know, they're all college yeah. and up. Um yeah. Every time I go on tour, I, it, it just surprises me because I'll look out the bus window and see everyone in line. And I'm like, these people are like my age. This is crazy.
0: Well, there's a lot of people you grew up with too.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, those like ride or die fans who haven't left me since 2013, like I owe everything to them. Like they're always at the shows. I think they think that I think they're annoying, always popping up, but like, it makes me so happy to see them at every show, like always supporting, like my parents know them, like they know my family, like it's just they're kind of more like friends at this point, just because I really do owe them so much. They're kind of like what's it called, like street uh, street team, street team, yeah. Where they like not only listen to my music and support me, but like actively try to get other people to mm. to listen and, and support, which is like the fans that you need as an artist. They get spread it. the word. Yeah, they're great.
0: I'm fascinated by the fact that you're uh, like a, in the crypto scene, in the NFT world.
1: Yeah, trying not to let it obsessed me because there was a there was a minute a few months ago i'm like okay this is taking over music um Mm. yeah i mean obviously music is my baby but this is like a fun little thing when i'm you know bored on the couch for 30 minutes so
0: what do you think of nfts in music like i have one nft do you i was gifted it
1: nice by who
0: it's from after party okay it's like some utopian i don't know something
1: some picture yeah i mean it's
0: a moving picture that's what i look at it but i know it's more than a moving picture
1: Yeah, definitely. It's like a stock basically, you you know, it goes up and down in in value, but that's like the exciting thing that I think a lot of artists are kind of looking towards because the music NFT space is like kind of starting, but like, we don't really know the full potential of it. So I think artists are all kind of waiting around to like, try to be on the first wave. Because it's, it's coming like for sure, where you're selling albums or songs as NFTs and like, your fans are getting like, splits from the royalties as well as you like that's all down the road i i I,
0: i've heard that for months yeah it's just such a retooling of how the system works yeah for
1: sure does
0: it really have the potential to be successful
1: who knows all of this stuff is so like just up and down it could all go away tomorrow so that's that's kind of why i try to not just get so crazy about it but it's just it's just fun kind of diving into like a new world that like a lot of people just don't really know much about totally but
0: music is forever
1: Music is forever. Music will never go up and down. Music is here to stay. A tattoos is here. We're gonna play it in a few.
0: Also, link in the description below if you want to listen to any of Jake Miller's music. Do you have a date for the album?
1: We don't. No. Do you I have an album finished? Um, I would say I have half an album finished, but you know, we're kind of gonna release single by single, let them all kind of waterfall into an album like I did with Silver Lining Two, and um, by probably early next year we'll have an album.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: But it's is it done? Done no i mean i have half of an album done 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 not mixed done, done. <laughs> not mixed or mastered but um songs that i know are gonna come out they have to come out because i love them
0: is that like how, how are you building an album today compared to before are you trying to S- tell a cohesive story or are you just putting out songs that you like
1: when you like them i feel like every artist kind of sits down and says like all right this next album is going to be the one Let's like make every song like cohesive, so it tells a story. And then at least for me, I always try to do that. And then by the end of it, it's like, all right, this is just a bunch of good songs that, you know, don't have anything to do with each other. They don't tell any story. They're completely different from the next, but still kind of similar. And that's kind of like what all my albums have been, <clears throat> besides maybe like, two AM in LA. Like that was just a reoccurring theme of sadness and mm. heartbreak. But you know, Silver Lining 2 was just um, it was just kind of a bunch of compilation of songs that I loved and I think that that's what this next album will be too do you have any rules as it relates to like releasing music or is it still just you I mean I have empire now I have a new PR agent I have uh, a manager that I signed uh, signed with like right before the pandemic so I have a full team for the first time in a while which I'm really excited about but um in terms of rules like in terms of, like, making the music? Yeah, I mean, creatively, but also release-wise, is it still just solely up to you? I mean, there's nothing not happening that I want to happen. It's more just like, hey, guys, what can you bring to the table? And if it sounds like a good idea, I'm like, absolutely. Let's green light it. Um, but there's nothing that I, like, wish I was doing or something I was putting out that, like, my team won't let me. Like, mm. I'm, I'm definitely too old and too knowledgeable <laughs> about this about this industry to ever let somebody at this point in my life say, like, You can't put that song out. Like we know you love it, Jake, but you can't put that out. Or like I've seen a lot of people on TikTok say like, oh, my label won't let me put this Mm -hmm. out until it goes viral on TikTok. Absolutely not. Like (laughs) I just, I made a TikTok joking about that. I would never get in bed with a label that would not let me put out a song that I am, that I feel strongly about. It's like, I'm I'm almost 30 years old. I've been doing this for a while. Like there's, I'm not new to this industry. I'm not going to, you know, work with people that are telling me what, what music to put out. That's all that I have.
0: You play the game in a different, in a different way. Like, it's very, you isolated, you're not, the other factors don't matter, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I signed with Empire, I pretty much said, this is where I'm at. This is what I know. This is, this is how it's got to be. I would love your opinions and your support and your help, but if I feel strongly about something, this is how it's got to be. I mean... I don't know. I think that that's the only way to kind of remain true to yourself, especially about the music. Like, you know, I went through a phase where I was kind of letting the label dictate what to put out and they weren't even letting me write my own songs for a while. And it just felt like I was not even a musician anymore. I was just like some kind of like face to it all. Um, but obviously I don't want that. No. I don't think any artist does.
0: But also I, I can make the case that like you've had your most successful period after that record label.
1: For sure. For sure. I mean, I don't know if it was because of the music that we were putting out at that time. Cause we know like 2015, 2016, I had like a moment, like it was a really special moment, but I don't really necessarily think it was because of the music I was putting out. I don't think it was because that music was better than this music. I think the time was just so, so different. Like Mm -hmm. I talk about it all the time, like with my crew, it's like, I remember a time where you could count like 10 male pop artists. And I was one of them mm-hmm. like it was like justin bieber Austin mahone cody simpson like emblem 3 mkto me that's really like it there was yeah. like a, it was like a radio cycle where like those were like jason derulo like that's that was it and then like vine hit and tiktok hit and you know spotify became more important and now there's a thousand more you know amazing artists coming up every day so the competition is just so much crazier and i think that's why that was like a moment. Like <laughs> but, I think I was kind of doing something that not a lot of people were doing back then.
0: But aren't your most streamed songs from a time that wasn't with Warner?
1: Um, no. no, like Days and Confused, Rumors, First Flight Home. That was all. No, that around, was yeah, yeah. Warner but era, like, I think.
0: You have some really. I was just looking at it today. Or maybe
1: it was right before Warner, and Warner kind of came on board, and everything s- just kind of elevated together. Rumors. <clears throat> parties click we have a song called automatic that we automatic 22 million yeah, automatic streams shout out fly by midnight it's yeah what is that friends. i met them at your show yeah they're what is that we're two guys
0: i know that they're two men
1: <laughs> they're two amazing people um <laughs> they've become two of my best friends um brought them on tour and before the tour <clears throat> they reached out to me and said you know we want to have you on this song can you come through the studio and we want to play it for you and it was automatic It was already written and I'm like, this is smash. I've heard it once and I already know all the words to it and we put it out. We went on tour. It was doing good. And then all of a sudden it's getting like, yeah, it has like 20 million. it, It got like 10 million streams in the last like couple months. So hopefully it keeps going. But just to, just to go back to the point, like of how awesome it is to do this with the people you love, like the fact that. Now my number one most streamed song is with my two best friends is like such a cool thing. Mm -hmm. Like we text every time it hits another million we We're like (laughs) 23 million, 24 million. Something you like
0: couldn't really facilitate before with Warner.
1: Right. No, I mean, I had no really control of who I was getting into the studio with. They were just sending me addresses and saying, these are the people you're working with today. Some of those people were great. Most of them were great. But I mean, they weren't my friends, you know.
0: Are we going to work with Fly By Midnight again for this album?
1: Maybe, maybe we're, we're both pretty busy. They, they're they extremely busy with writing. Um, but also I, I feel like we both are at an understanding where like, keep me a cough. There, water there's water right there for you. Um, we're both kind of like at an understanding of like our friendship is so awesome. And like, it's mm-hmm. become like to the point where like, we are like, they're in my circle, I'm in their circle. Like I was at their bachelor party, at their weddings. Like they're my best friends. And I know how it is when you mix business and pleasure. And when we made Automatic, we weren't as close as we were now. So I think we kind of both have like an understanding of like we did something awesome. We made Automatic. We went on tour. I want to go on tour with them again. But in terms of like making music, because there's so much that comes along with making music, like, you know, the conversations afterwards with the managers, with the money and the splits. And like, I would just rather avoid that with like my best friends. So I'm not sure if we'll we'll write again, but hopefully we do. And it it could be just easy and interesting. Yeah, but who knows?
0: A rising tide floats all boats, though, you
1: know? That is true.
0: You can structure everything to be fair for everyone.
1: That's true, for sure. And obviously, I would never want to, you know, make a song with people and then get them feel gypped. Of course. Yeah, but it does get messy. Almost every single time you do splits with anybody after you make a song, you know, they want more than we want to give them, vice versa, and it gets a little awkward, which is why you let the managers do it because if the artist had to do it, no artist would be friends no <laughs> seriously it's true but yeah we're gonna let automatic do its thing for a
0: while and a tattoos it is here sparking a whole new era uh how did this song begin
1: pretty much like that <laughs> you
0: did that or you <laughs> heard that
1: no it's just like a little percussion thing that we did who's we me Alex Wilk who produced it and Brett Truitt who I wrote it with
0: so you hear that and what comes to mind
1: well, i mean that wasn't literally the first thing that we like heard uh, it was more just like we wrote the song you know the bones of it and then we're like all right what should be the intro what should be the outro and this was just like one layer of the song that we're like oh that if you just solo that that could be a cool intro so is that what you meant or you meant like no, the how, lyrics
0: No, yeah how did it begin in the room
1: <laughs> um how did it begin in the room that was the first day i met either of them um we we started a whole different concept well it was it was like Eight tattoos. Like last time I've seen you, you know it's been so long since I've seen you. Now I have new friends and eight tattoos, but it sounded completely different. It sounded like a like a sad Laney song, and it just kind of felt a little weird. And um, we're like, let's just scrap the beat, try something new, and we just started this cool, like, super fun, like, bouncy thing. And I was like, wah, 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 and we distorted it, made it all weird, and we're like, okay, that sounds like a cool John Bellion drop. Let's just make like a really cool, fun song with the same theme. And so yeah we pretty much just transferred the lyrics onto a, a cooler beat
0: do you make the
1: beat to match
0: the lyrics
1: yeah i would say so yeah i mean the emotion that the lyrics bring the music should follow emote the same yeah mm. but it's funny like the next night i went to see Billie eilish at the forum and you know i left the studio with not really having anything besides like a, a voice memo on my phone and he was like all right i'm gonna work on it send it to you another time so i go to Billie eilish i'm in the forum we're drinking we ubered actually we didn't but i had a friend drive um drinking a lot i don't really know much about Billie, <laughs> Billie eilish i don't really know any of her music so i'm like it's you know we're on the floor i'm with people i love like let's just have fun and get drunk i go to the bathroom i'm like you know i'm at the stall kind of like drunk <laughs> and i get the text from the producer he's like here's the first version and like all i hear is like Billie eilish you know through the walls in this ear i'm like kind of drunk and i'm like listening to it while i'm peeing and i'm like what is this like this sounds nothing like how I just left the studio like the beat was just 10 times cooler and I remember like running back into Billy Eilish into the show and just like being so inspired and like kind of sobering up for a second and thinking like oh my god like this is a really cool song I just made and like now I'm seeing all these people and it's reminding me of my shows and like performing at my shows so it just it all felt really excited plus I was drunk so <laughs> <laughs> so I mean hopefully it's good yeah a tattoos?
0: Yeah, I mean, you do, like if you're drunk and you're making these assumptions, are, are we not well, questioning you know how, like, our?
1: Like when you listen to things when you're drunk, they don't sound the same. Like sometimes they're sped up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just for like a, a musician's ear, but there's been times when I've made a song, gone out, come back, and like I'm a little tipsy, and I listen to it, and like it all sounds like faster or just like weirder, and you kind of know when you're when you're drinking. <laughs> if it sucks if you listen to it and it's like this is so bad like this is obviously bad or like this is really good you kind of it's like a really good like telling sign it's a good and
0: indicator you,
1: yeah when you're not when, when you've been drinking a little bit and you listen to it later in the night with fresh ears Honesty honest like, ears. yeah
0: eight tattoos
1: listen to the record there's
0: a link in the description below please 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 you have a new tour coming too right I do I'm so excited when do you kick
1: it off uh kick it off August seventeenth, I believe, in New York City. Pretty
0: soon, yeah.
1: Mm. We're it's not like a full proper tour. It's not like you know thirty three cities this time. It's gonna be like ten or eleven major cities. It's called the A Tattoos Tour. We're actually bringing my personal tattoo artist to a few shows to tattoo my fans before the show.
0: This is like such a thing now. Every yeah, people I thought are I was so
1: in- innovative
0: <laughs> <laughs> now. People are giving away tattoos like nobody's business. It's Who's ridiculous. Doing that? Um,
1: I, I saw easy brought his like barber to I, give people haircuts, but oh, that's pretty good There's giving, a tinder event
0: that was giving out tattoos I have a friend who's doing a label uh, uh, an album release that's doing tattoos and he's doing impromptu therapy which I think is like really unique to have like on one side a therapist to Diagnose you and then then you can get a tattoo, I guess with your diagnosis
1: <laughs> if you're feeling up for it Very random. Okay, um, that's cool. Yeah, She's yeah, on. but I like this. So are yeah. you gonna
0: give away free tattoos or what
1: so? not free i'm gonna i'm not gonna charge but i'm gonna let my tattoo artist charge what he would normally charge and take home whatever he charges but we're going to say you know there's going to be eight slots for before the show eight people eight tattoos um you can only get my lyrics tattooed because i all of my all of my fans that come to my shows they all want my handwritten lyrics (laughs) my my my, uh lyrics whatever (laughs) (laughs) i just said the same thing like twice backwards i'm just really excited about this idea um (laughs) But yeah, and he's probably going to take like, you know, 20 30 minutes to tattoo these people. Hopefully I'll be like around the venue at the time like doing sound check, yeah. running in and out, seeing how it's going. So I think it's it's definitely different and I think uh, a lot of my fans are going to be excited about it.
0: How do they sign up?
1: We don't know yet. We actually just had a phone call with him yesterday because he's not coming on the whole tour. He's coming to New York City and probably a few shows surrounding New York City. So, depending on how, you know, the demand in New York City you know we'll we'll just bring him to a few more boston new jersey bailey
2: what's funny is you don't think you're gonna get any more tattoos and you're bringing a tattoo artist on the road with you I know.
1: yeah it yeah, doesn't make he'll sense. probably end up tattooing <laughs> <it for sure. laughs> every show um
2: no but he did he did this one
1: he did the tour bus i got a little tour bus tattoo on this last tour it was our 10th tour in a tour bus so me and kevin got a little tour bus tattoo
2: it's like our second home you know i said you feel more comfortable on the road you're
1: always touring um it doesn't feel like i'm always touring anymore to do one one tour a year does not feel like a lot to me yeah um when you're on the road especially like halfway through a tour it's like wow like this is this is exhausting like so much fun but it's just physically draining um but with that being said yeah there's nothing better than being on a tour bus with 10 of your best friends i mean i had fly by midnight on the last tour we shared a bus i had kevin scott um Dan, my guitar player, it was just like the best energy and the best like just chemistry. We would watch Squid Games after each show (laughs) in the tour bus while we're going from, you know, we're in the middle of the desert watching Squid Games on the tour bus. It was just a dream come true. It was so much fun.
0: If you want to go see Jake Miller on tour, I'm gonna put a link in the description to like all the tour stops. So click it. Also listen to his music. Link down there. A tattoos. Congratulations.
1: Thank
2: you so much. You uh,
0: have any final thoughts here, Daniel?
2: Yeah, are you, are you playing any instruments on these on this new album? Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I help
1: produce pretty much every song of mine at this point. Um, I'll go to a session, we'll make a super bare instrumental. I never let anyone cut my vocals. I do that all at my house. So I'll go to a session, we'll make a super generic instrumental. I'll have him send it to me, and then I'll just go home and for the next couple of weeks kind of build on top of the instrumental and cut vocals and then Mm kind of send that all back to him and he'll put final touches on it that's just what pretty much my you know game plan now with every song that i do and so i have a a big hand in in all the songs that i do now has falling in love changed the way you make music um i don't think so not really i mean obviously i like writing songs about it but i wouldn't say it changes the way i make music
0: changes where you grab inspiration from
1: yeah no for sure i mean she's like the only person that all that like sit in while I'm cutting vocals. Um, so maybe like I sing better when she's sitting behind me. But um, that's trust. Yeah, for sure. That's like a vulnerable thing. I, I don't like cutting vocals in front of other people. It's just like, not only do you want to like hit it right, but like you want like the the attitude in your voice to like really like, you know, you just have to be by yourself and in a cool, like light, lit, dark room. Like that's just how I like it. So sometimes Brandy's sitting behind me and falls asleep while I'm just working on the song. And that's kind of, uh, It's like how I really like making music these days. I don't know. Adorable. At home by myself.
2: You did tease a song, I believe that talks about being naked and afraid in someone's bed. Mm -hmm. What's that one about?
1: I made that before the pandemic. That was just a fun song. We were like, why don't we make a song called naked and afraid? And uh, (laughs) uh, after the TV show, obviously. And it's just a fun song about like, um, all it took was one night and I'll never be the same. I'm laying in your bed and now I'm naked and afraid. And it's just about like, you know, going out with a girl or meeting her the first night and, Falling in love with her in one night, not, not trying to, and waking up in the morning thinking like, oh my God, I'm in your bed. Naked and afraid. I really like you. I'm afraid. Um, yeah, it wasn't really based on anything in my life. It was just a, a fun concept.
2: I mean, it's just weird because like I've known you for a while. So when I heard the lyric, I just thought of you naked and afraid in some <laughs> girl's bed. I was like- <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Who knows if that one will come out? I have I have a lot of songs that that I love that, I don't know if they'll come out, if, they, if they'll match like, the tone of this album that I'm doing, but I think it will. I really like that one. It's fun. But you've teased them. Now all I'm thinking is that. <laughs> next time I hear the song, I'm going to think of you. Um, yeah, I tease them. I actually got a call from my manager recently saying, stop teasing your songs on social media because it kind of gives like, the people that you wrote, going back to splits and money, Like it kind of gives them more leverage. You mm. pretty much just announced you're going to put this song out at some point. So now they know that you want it. You know, so it's kind of just like you got to be careful with that. So I'm trying not to tease as much music these days. I also have like a fan club that I kind of give them like unreleased music every month. So I'm going to try to just kind of save it for that. That's I just get cool. so excited after making a song. I just want to show everybody.
0: But why not just figure out the splits? It can't be that hard.
1: It's pretty hard sometimes. Everybody wants all of it. Yeah. It's pretty hard sometimes, especially when you're, when you're close friends. Like you just don't want to ruin a relationship. But yeah, that's like the whole muddy side of the business, but... When I get home from a session and I love a song, the first thing I think of is like, I want to show everybody, yeah. not just text my friends. I want to make a TikToks and, and see if anybody, you know, see if it has like a weird spark and it goes viral and like. Yeah, you
0: gauge interest. Exactly. Yeah. I hope all the songs that you want to come to light end up coming to light. Thank you. And Eight Tattoos. Yeah. Starting a new chapter.
1: We went to uh, sushi recently. You're more than welcome to join us for dinner whenever you want. Depends it wasn't on what recently. It was. It
2: was a long time ago. But it oh, yeah. depends on what time, because I don't like to leave my house after like seven p.m. right Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. Once it hits set Once the sun goes down, I'm staying home. Say so, hey, a little <laughs> afternoon sushi. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll, we'll just come <laughs> to your house. We'll bring it to your house.
2: Oh, you don't want to go there.
0: <laughs> he lives in a just a white room with a lawn chair. I
2: have no furniture. It's really my apartment is just an empty studio with a bed, a dresser, and a lawn chair. Wow. No Maybe lights. You paint
1: the walls or something. No. <laughs> Well, you said you might be coming to the Valley, so... I've been thinking about it. All right, so I'm we, thinking can, about it. we can grab some sushi. Right? Yeah.
0: Maybe. He eats only avocado roll.
1: Is there any fish in
2: it? No, he doesn't eat it's fish. Just avocado oh, and rice? I mean, Jake, I'm a pretty boring person. Come on. <laughs> he He's incredible.
1: Sushi and not no. even get fish? No, I just get avocado rolls. It's avocado wrapped in rice?
2: Oh, sweet potato roll too. too. Oh, no, I don't like sweet potatoes. It's avocado, wrapped rice. Wrapped in seaweed and, and wrapped in... That's it? Dude. <laughs>
0: he's
1: basic dude i went to japan before the <laughs> pandemic and just it opened my eyes to sushi and honestly just all foods like i'll try anything and and almost all the time i i like it so yeah sushi is like one of my favorites for sure mind you ever tried
2: other sushi no i don't like fish all those sea creatures weird me out have you tried it though <laughs> no I <just> <laughs> i've only, I, I ate salmon as a kid like until i was six and i've never touched a fish ever since
1: Dude, your taste buds change. You'll probably love it. There's a whole world out there for you, Dan.
2: I don't think so. It's not for me. All right. Dan, you like edamame? I like edamame. Edamame. Oh, yeah. We can put some edamame up together. Great. Good.
0: (laughs) Green beans. Anyway, Jake Miller, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for mommy and
1: cats.
0: (laughs) Beautiful human. You made it through our conversation with Jake Miller. I appreciate you. Thank you. Now, please, subscribe to our podcast. Share it with those you care about. Have a great day. Be safe. Hug your family if you can and don't go to jail. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. It was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Russack, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce,
2: and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was
0: Michelle Dorostock and our production coordinator was Bryce Herles and that was an episode of the Zack Sang show I'll talk to you soon